Welcome to this Daring Adventure podcast, where we work on bridging the gap between where we are and where we want to be in order to live a bigger and bolder life. In this podcast, we will provide inspiration, tips, and skills you need to make your life the adventure you want it to be. Here's your host, mindset mentor and life coach, Trista Gurton. Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of The Staring Adventure. It's a very special episode today. I have a very special guest, best-selling author, beauty expert, and my cousin, Chantelle Gurton. Welcome, Chantelle. Thank you, Trista. This is so nice. <laughs> well, I'm so thrilled that you are able to join me today, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I guess, you know, we haven't had much of a chance to catch up over the past couple of years, and you have been extremely busy. This is now your eighth book coming out next week. Is it next week or the week after? The 28th, right? Yeah, March 28th. Mm -hmm. Good. And before we dive into the book, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So... As you said, it's my eighth novel. Four of them are for adults. They're contemporary fiction. And I have a series of four books for teens as well. And I obviously love writing. I love being an author. And it's been a great journey so far. And I think, you know, a friend was giving some advice the other day to a writer. And she said, like, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon publishing. And I think it can be so true to so many things that we do for passion, Mm -hmm. but it's like thinking about it in the long haul, right? So oftentimes people think your first book is going to be, that's it. And I think sometimes it's important to remember if you love doing it, like hopefully you want to do it for a long time. So it's been a fantastic experience that just has been getting better and better as the years go on. Nice. All right. So this new book that's coming out now, it has two titles. So Two for the Road <laughs> is in Canada and Gigi Listening is in the States. Yes, that's right. The United States and also Australia, New Zealand and England. So English speaking countries, but is also has sold now in Germany as the title GG listening as well. Although I don't know when they do that, like whether that changes slightly, but a take on that title. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the book. Sure. So this is a story of a woman. She's 30. Her name is Gigi and she owns a romance bookstore. So she loves love stories. But as you know, when you read a love story, it's hard to compare in real life. So she's online dating, but it doesn't ever feel like she gets that story. She wants that story of how did you meet and how did you know the person was the Mm -hmm. one, not like an Mm -hmm. algorithm that told you to meet at this bar Tuesday at seven. So it's a hard thing to live up to, but she also is a bit sidetracked because she loves to listen to audiobooks as well when she's cleaning the store at the end of the night. And she's fallen in love with a narrator's voice. And I think anybody who listens to podcasts can relate to this, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can have voices you love to listen to. So she feels that. And there's also a bigger connection. The book that this narrator reads is a book that is really integral into her history of 
how she came to be her parents' story. So there's like a thread through that that makes it feel special and like there's a story. So that's in the back of her mind. And her friends surprised her for her 30th with a ticket to England to go and meet this audiobook narrator. And so it's a bit of like a suspend your disbelief that you could fall in love with someone over their voice. But it's just this nugget of something that she feels like, what if, like, what if this, there was a connection when we met? So off she goes, a 10-day tour of England. He works for his parents' company, which is a tour on a bus. And so he's a guide. But when she gets there, he is not there. His shift has been taken by somebody else. So that's when the reality really sets in that she just left her store. She never leaves her bookshop and certainly not for 10 days to go on this wild adventure. And now she's on a bus with a bunch of strangers and she's stuck for 10 days. So it really becomes this journey into self-discovery for her of what she was really seeking out. And we also get to see the other characters and they're all there for a reason as well. And so they're on this journey together. Well, I am in the middle of reading it and I have to say I'm enjoying it. I actually was moving apartments yesterday, moving cities, and I had to pack and I started reading in the morning. I didn't even want to put it down to pack. I'm like, I really have to get going because the drivers were coming to pick up my stuff, but I didn't want to put it down. And I'm actually looking forward to getting back to it. But it's very enjoyable. Like I find Gigi a very likable character, very relatable. And I'm actually enjoying the whole trip around the countryside. I think you've woven in a lot of interesting facts and history about the area that they're touring and even the storylines with the other characters. You know, they're all sort of interesting and they're all very likable characters that sort of are very nice compliments. And yeah, I'm actually even, you know, the whole idea of a bus tour, I was like, I need to be out traveling again, too. It's been too long. So it's just been a nice mix of all of those aspects. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but so what inspired you to write it? I wrote this book in the pandemic. And I think there was probably an element there of wanting to travel and like write about somewhere else. And so I think that's a part of it. I wanted to explore this idea of a connection to a voice. So I was really playing around with voices and what we hear and remembering people. And there's also, I had read this story about someone who their husband had died, but they had one last voicemail from the spouse. And I thought, oh my God, like, because that's the one thing you have photographs when someone dies and you have um, video perhaps, and you can see there's social media feed, but you can't often still hear their voice. And so I started to play around with that. And I always like to add a layer of grief or exploration, even when I'm writing sort of a romantic comedy. And so I got this idea, like, what if she had this connection to a voice? And what would that mean? And where would she go? And then it kind of went from there. So I also just thought, like, I think when we couldn't go anywhere, this idea that you could just be going every day, traveling around and seeing things and just felt so like, yes, that's all I want to do. So 
that's how it came. And I didn't really intend for it to be a cast of characters novel because usually my novels are fairly centered. They're always first person. So, you know, you're getting the book from the first person point of view and there's secondary characters. But I realized once I put her on the bus, I was like, oh, wait, suddenly these people have to be real characters. You can't just write this book where she's living in a bubble. She has to interact. So it became such a bigger book because these people needed real personalities and stories. And where did they come from? As you would learn if you were on a bus tour with somebody for 10 days. Right. Yeah. I think you did a good job. And yeah, it definitely makes the whole idea of a bus tour sort of somewhat appealing. I have to say, like, I, <laughs> like... I know. And a lot of people ask me, did I actually go on a bus tour to write the book? But I didn't because my imagination is like so much better than I'm sure it would have been if you had been stuck on it. Also, I was thinking this is a very small bus tour. Like a lot of those very- would probably have 20 people and things like that. So there is benefits to just making it up um, myself. But I did travel around to see all of the places to really make sure that felt authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So in terms of writing a book, because I imagine now I've always sort of, you know, imagined someday I will write a book, but you can do it. (laughs) But what's the writing process like for you? Because I just imagine it would requires so much discipline and so much focus to sit down every day and write like that. The way it works for me is it's my job. So oftentimes I think these things that are sort of art forms, we think of them as passionate, which it totally is because Mm -hmm. you have to stay focused. But when you realize like, if you want this to be a job, which I do, it's not a hobby, then you have to treat it like a job. So I get up every single day and go to work and anybody who has a job, whether they're working from home or they're working at an office, like you have to go. You can't say on Tuesday, you know what, I'm just not going to come today. Like it doesn't usually go over very well with bosses or clients or whatever. Right. So I really treat it that way. Like I don't give myself an out. Mm. So every day I have to write. So it depends what stage of the book I'm in, but I tend to write first thing in the morning only because I haven't gotten distracted by emails or other to-do list things or things like that. And I also, you know, have other run a company. So I get sidetracked into those kinds of things. So for me, my, I'm freshest in the morning and I feel like I'm not thinking about anything else. I can be really creative and I try to get a thousand words done. So that's when I'm just sort of in that like rough draft phase. And a book is usually about 80,000 words. So actually it's not really that long to write a book. If you think about it, if you can get a thousand words out every single day, that's 80 days. That's like less than three months to get the first draft out. And then of course, like that's usually though, like, you know, and I have a plan. I'm not just like freely writing. I freely write. I can write any part of the book I want, but I know especially this book, it was 10 days. So I was able to map out where would they be every day. And in the front of the book, there is a map, which is really cute that the publishers designed so that you could visualize like, where did they go on this bus tour? So I knew like on day three, they are hitting Brighton. So everything that had to happen is happening there. Like what time of day are they getting there? So that actually gave the book a lot of structure to be able to follow along as I was writing. Okay. So then you went and visited these places before you started writing? 
So I actually started writing the book and then realized like, why did I pick to write a book set in another country when we are locked at home? So that was something I would not recommend. Like the end book set at home would have been easier to write, but the book was already sold. And so that was the idea. And I watched so many YouTube videos. So people create walking tours, like VR walking tours, and they don't talk, but the camera just like they walk through towns and you can hear the sights and the sounds. And I like just for hours a day, I would just watch these YouTube videos, trying to get a sense of the streets. And then I would look at Google maps and I would be like, okay, there's a pub on this corner and I would do all that. So that was working for a while. to try and figure it out. But then I was like, it was like little things were missing. You know, you can't smell the air. Like what kind of flowers does it smell like when you get there and really feel like I'm there. Mm. So eventually once the restrictions loosened a little on travel, I went and spent about three weeks there on my own and just went around on my own. So I didn't do a bus tour because I wanted to control where I would go. So that was great because lots of towns were in the original first draft, but ultimately, you know, maybe that day felt a little long or the plot point I wanted to make, you know, like who was she talking to at that point or like what was happening on the bus? It didn't work for the flow of the book. So some places got cut and then actually in the revision, I actually needed a few more stops. And so I did end up having to add in other places that weren't originally in the book. So it's sort of a combination of all of those things, like working together to create this place. Okay. Okay. Well, if you ever decide to write a novel set in like Bora Bora or something, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to go with you. <laughs> that sounds great. Right? Yes. <laughs> Think about that. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> Did you know you always wanted to be a writer? Yes, always. I would spend my summers as a teenager lying in the backyard by the pool writing a novel. And so I think that just knew I always wanted to do that. And I ended up going to university for journalism because that felt like a sort of more stable job and working in fashion magazines. But I would come home at night, even in my first job working at L magazine, I would come home at night and I'd have to write for so long before I'd have dinner because I thought this is the only way this is going to happen. So even though, of course, too, like I knew young that I wanted to be an author, I think, you know, it took until my 20s to write that first book that got published. But this is the thing. It's like, you have to practice the craft, right? So you just need those hours like over and over and over again till you get something that's kind of a quality that somebody might want to buy in a bookstore and read. So, but yeah, it was always, that was always the plan and always what I knew I wanted to do. Okay. Have you kept all of your earlier versions and everything you've ever written? No. No? (laughs) No, because- I don't know. I would never go back. Like it's all the process, but I feel like the end goal is like the published book that has no mistakes in it, hopefully, (laughs) that has come out in stores. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And so what books have changed you the most or impacted you the most over the years? One book that I always go back to as like that book that I read and thought, 
okay, this is like the kind of book I want to read. It's not actually a very well-known book, but it's called Good Grief by Lolly Winston. And is the story of this woman who's in her 30s and her husband dies suddenly. And she's just sort of left to figure out what now, because this wasn't the plan, right? Like they hadn't even had kids yet. And she had a whole life plan and it was Mm. just taken away from her. But it's a very funny book. So it kind of goes through her process of how she moves on from that. And I loved the idea of things can be funny, but they can have these layers of depth to them. Mm. To get through life when things are not the best is to try and find the humor, right? Because every day you can wake up and complain about something. There's always going to be something that's not going right. But if you can figure out a way to find the humor in it. So that's my goal in writing is to always sort of have these layers of depth. Because I think my books do fall often sometimes sort of into the romance or the rom-com. But Mm. What I love is surprising people that they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that there would be more to the story than just sort of the surface layer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Are there certain books that you give as gifts to people? That's a great question. And I don't, I mean, occasionally I will give a gift of a book to someone, but I really think reading is such a personal choice and there's millions and millions of books out there. And it's really hard to give. I never want someone to feel obligated to read a book that I gave them when it just wasn't for them. And I think that's because I often don't like to receive books as gifts because then I feel like, oh, is that person going to ask me if I read the book? And it just might not be for me. So if somebody asks me, oh, I'm going on vacation. If you read anything good lately, for sure, I'll say I read this, but I always have a kind of a caveat. Oh, if you're looking for a book that's like this, I just read this and it was good. Or, and like, if you want to borrow it, like, great, I have the book. But right. yeah, I don't love giving books as gifted. I do not like getting, I don't also don't like people when they're like, give me a stack of books. Like, oh, I'm just trying to get rid of these. Do you want to borrow them? No, I don't. Thank you. Because <laughs> I love to buy books. One of my favorite things is to walk around in a bookstore and just look at the mm. covers and read the back. So I have so many books that is always longer than I can ever read. But yes. that's my joy is just picking them out myself. Right, yes. I have books, but because I travel and I live abroad, they're all on my Kindle. So I have a gazillion books, you know, that I can't carry, but yes, but they're all there. So I'm the same way, but yes, because that was always like a stress for me, especially like back even 10 years ago, packing to leave. And it was always, okay, how many books can I take? How big are they? How heavy are they? You know, and then there was always the stress about what happened. Once I finish reading them, like, where am I going to get more books? And can I trade them? So my iPad is now like my most prized possession because I can just pile on the books and never have to worry about it again. (laughs) Yeah, it is so great. It is so great for travel. And then, you know, it's hard to know what you're going to be in the mood to read, right? Mm. So you can change your mind and be like, oh, you've got it right there. True. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to talk to my clients about is goal setting. And do you have any goals that you're currently pursuing right now? Yes, I always do. So one thing is to sort of keep on a steady pace of releasing my books, because Mm -hmm. when you release a book, 
and you find a new audience, you want to feel like you can capitalize on that and give them another book if they're interested in you before they forget who you are, because there's lots of authors out there, right? And the other thing is I just love writing and I also love seeing the books come out in stores and being able to share that. So I have to keep sort of my goals always be writing because it already is a slow process, the book publishing industry, because it takes a long time by the time you finish the book to be able them to market it and get them into Mm. bookstores and things that right now it's like probably about one book every two years. This is a little bit less than two years after my last book came out, but I want to keep that pace going. So my goal, the way to do that, you can't control outside you know, factors, right? So I always think your goals have to be internal. So what can I do? It's just like, make sure every single day I'm writing because that's getting it done. Okay. So you're already writing your next book or is it already done or? Yeah. So the, actually this is like a bit different, but when I was finished writing Gigi Listening, my editor in Canada asked, you know, what my ideas were for my next book. And I actually, in the last couple of months, very quickly, basically working full, full, full time on it, wrote a Christmas rom-com. So that will come out this October. So I'm super excited about that because we actually really did have a quick turnaround. So I have two books coming up this year and that was so fun to write. And that was definitely like, when we agreed to it, she was like, this is how much time you're going to have. I basically had two months to write the book and then a very quick revision, which I'm just doing right now and we'll hand in tomorrow. But the nice thing about that is like, I really will get, you know, if people love Gigi listening and they like Christmas holiday romances, then there'll be another book just a few months later, which will be so fun. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. Very nice. So in terms of discipline, because one of the things that I work with my clients on is understanding that if you have success, you're able to accomplish something or you are a certain way in one area of your life, you're able to apply that in other areas. And a lot of people don't realize that. And so I'm just wondering, like with your writing, you have that discipline. Are you able to apply that discipline in other areas of your life? Hmm, That's a great question. I think so. Because I think one thing is like, I think if you know, I read a lot of Gretchen Rubin and she has the four tendencies. And so like, are you an obliger? Are you an upholder? I'm definitely an obliger. So if somebody says to me, oh, can you get this done in 20 minutes? I'll drop everything because someone else asked me for something. So one thing I've really had to learn is, especially with novel writing, is that nobody's waiting on the book. If you finish a book and you submit it, maybe a publisher will buy it, but they're not being, hey, I'm not Stephen King. I assume his publisher is saying like, when's your next book coming, right? You have to make your own internal deadlines. And so I think that element for sure, like I love to play tennis. and so. The only way you're going to get better is you figure out your practice and you get a coaching session and you make matches with other people. So I think in that way, perhaps like I am very able to like decide like, okay, what's the goal with this? And like, how am I going to do this efficiently? But maybe I do take every element of my life. Like what is the fastest way that I can make lunches for these children (laughs) before they go to school, you know? So it's like, what is the job and how am I going to do it efficiently? (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, I think so. But I think it's that 
making your internal goals and accountable to yourself. Mm. And I think ultimately that's your happiness, right? And your level of success. Like if you're waiting on somebody to praise you for everything you did, I always think everybody has their own stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. As much as you can be a good friend, you can't know every little thing that your friends are doing and say, oh, good job. So you can't wait for that praise to come from anybody else. You have to just find it within. Yeah, no, I completely agree because that external validation will never be enough, right? If you have that void, if you have that gap inside you that you're waiting for all of this to come, people could say it all day long, but if you don't believe it yourself, then it's never going to be enough. Yeah. So then what comes next for you in terms of writing and career? Now you've already mentioned your next book coming out in October, but what else are you working on these days? Yeah. So I think as soon as I finish sort of this draft, I'll start thinking about what the next book idea is and Mm -hmm. get started on that. And I think that's one thing I think that I wonder if this is people feel this in every aspect of their life is that the longer you don't do something, the harder it is to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really everything in life, I think is habit building and making things. So whether, you know, you're trying to be better about exercising or you're trying to be better, like a better cook or whatever, you just have to keep doing it. So somehow you have to figure out how do you make this a habit and that you just stick to. And so that's what I really try with the writing. It's just like, how do I make that a habit? So that becomes just part of my every day, just trying to exercise or whatever. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I like that. And sometimes working on these things, you just have to do it, right? Like you can't overthink it. You can't listen to your brain because that voice inside your head is always going to be telling you, well, it's warmer in bed or it's, you know, easier to sit and watch Netflix and that. And sometimes you just have to say, yeah, I hear you. And we just go and we just do it anyway. Right. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to women who sort of in terms of going after their dreams or something particular in their career, what would you say to women who are thinking about this, but sort of still on the fence and not sure they're both? Yeah, I think that that it's removing this idea that it's like this massive thing and that it has to be like the be all and end all of everything, right? So mm-hmm. I think I never thought, oh, okay, one day I'm going to like quit my day job and then I'm going to start writing books, right? The pressure to do that. And what if you didn't like it? So I think with anything, it's sort of the same. If you have this dream, just start doing it. Just start doing it today. Mm. Like carve out 25 minutes and work on that project for 25 minutes and be like, okay, that was great. And then you just keep going back to do it. Because if you think about 24 hours in a day and you took 25 minutes to work on something, it's like nothing, right? And who knows Mm. what will come of that. So I've never thought like, you know, I I hear people say like, oh, you know, I really love doing art and I'm going to do that once I retire. But why would you wait till you retire? What if you can't do it then? Mm. What if if something terrible happens and you're not able to, and you waited or like, and people do that with travel. Oh, I'll take the time to travel later on. Why? Why can't you do it a little bit along the way and the manageable thing? So I think that's the key is 
a lot of us are stuck in jobs that maybe is not your dream job and you wish you were doing something else. You don't have to do one or the other. You can just do both. And actually you might realize that maybe that job that you don't love so much, is just fine because now that you're focused on something you love, you have something to look forward to every day, True, but there's no pressure on it because you have this job that pays the bills, right? Mm-hmm. Or exactly. takes away the stress. Yeah. Yes. Just every day. Yes. And I think it goes back to, you know, because before we started, you also mentioned, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think, you know, looking at it the same way, you know, you have time, you know, and just to take some of that pressure off of yourself, just do a little bit each day, but just to keep showing up and keep moving yourself forward, I think is important to, you know, take some of that pressure of you. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing black and white. Just like, yeah. Just keep showing up, keep doing a little bit, keep taking the next right step. And it doesn't have to be perfect. So often I think we wait until the time that it's like perfect, Mm. but you made a good point with the podcast. There's no rule about how long each episode is, right? Mm. You're just doing it. You're just doing that one and then you finish it and you go on to the next episode. And I think that's really like the same thing. Yes. There are no rules. There are no rules. Everything is just made up. So make it fit your life and what you want and what you can do and eliminate the pressure and eliminate all the shoulds no more shoulds have fun yes <laughs> yes I, all right I'm always telling my son that every time he says like you should do this I'm like please stop saying that like, I don't need that advice like, no, no no shoulds <laughs> exactly exactly all right well Thank you so much for this. I have had so much fun catching up with you and learning more about your writing and and all your work. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Trista. This is really fun. Great. So where can people learn more about you? My website is chantelgertan.com and you can buy any of my books at anywhere you like to buy books, any bookstore independent or big national bookstores in your country and yeah that would be great okay and i'll make sure we list the website in the show notes so just in case anybody wants to click on it there all right well thank you so much thank you everybody for listening and if you have a moment to rate review share or subscribe podcast i would greatly appreciate it And if you're interested in trying coaching for yourself, I do offer a private one hour coaching session. The link to my calendar will be in the show notes. So don't wait any longer. Get on my calendar and let's talk. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Daring Adventure podcast with your host, Trista Gurton. We hope you enjoyed the tips and conversations on how to get excited about life again. As always, you can head to tristagurton.com for additional resources and to book a one-on-one coaching session. You can also follow Trista on Instagram at Trista B. Gurton. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.